this is an exciting day. This is an exciting day because we are together. And as Pastor Sizemore mentioned, we are going to continue to give respectively because that's what we need to do at the moment. But, but for all intents and purposes, we are together. Praise God. Can we give the Lord a praise for that? Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. And so because of that and in the spirit of that, I want to speak today to the church because the church, the Bible describes the church as the bride of Christ. And Paul said concerning the church, Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. And so we're going to talk today a little bit about that. I, want to, I just want to turn your attention to the book of Joshua chapter 4. The, the passage of scripture where I'm going to be reading from takes place in the word of the Lord and, and is a very unique point in Israel's history. And so I want, to, I want to draw our attention to it because I want to speak to the things that it relates to as to where we are right now. Joshua chapter 4, beginning with the first verse. It came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. Command ye them saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. Take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones. Notice this. Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there unto this day. They're still there unto this day in Joshua chapter 4. And I, I want to speak to you today on this subject. Stones beneath the surface. Stones beneath the surface. Could we lift up our voice unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word today. Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word is life and light. And I thank you for every person that has gathered here today that we have gathered here to hear from you, to receive of your word. Lord, you are doing something so special among us beyond anything we can ask or think. And I pray that you would have free course in this house. Move upon each and every individual, we pray, in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. So let me talk to the church today. The church is really the, the, the one that the Bible was talking about when it referred to a virtuous woman. Not only was it referring to women who are virtuous, but, but truly the greatest uh, virtue is that of the bride of Christ. And so the Bible says so many things about the church. It's important for us to know that it is God's will that the church be victorious. It is God's will that the church be glorious, amen, that the church be triumphant. And so the, the scripture says that he is coming for the church, a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the lamb, and that's us. That's, that's who we are. We are to be made whole by him. We are to be made pure by him. This passage of scripture shows a moment in time when Israel was coming to a long-delayed experience. They, 
they had always, it had always been the will of God that Israel would enter into a land of promise, a land that flows with milk and with honey, the Bible says. It was a place of pure peace. It was a place where they could come and gather and their families would be at peace with one another, that their children would grow up in a safe environment, that that they would be somewhere where people loved them. There was community. There was support. Really, it's a description of the church. It is a land of promise. And this land of promise that the Lord speaks of to the children of Israel, and, and, and it, of course, relates to his kingdom, but his kingdom is described as a place where, where the wolf will lay down with the lamb. That's how safe this land of promise is. It actually is described as a place where children will play upon the holes of vipers. So, so vipers live there and they are nice. They're not mean and they're not venomous. And so it's a, this is an amazing place. It's a, the Bible says no ravenous beast shall walk up there. How many would love to just go traverse the earth if you knew it was completely safe to do so? What would you do if death didn't exist? What would you do if you knew you wouldn't die? Would you just fly all over the world? Would you go bungee jumping? Would you parachute? Would you skydive? What would you do if you, would you just go on a safari and run with the lions? How amazing is it what you could do if you knew death was not going to enter the picture? That's the kingdom. The kingdom is a place where you don't have, you just get to live in peace and joy and you're able to be in community. And this was the promise that the Lord gave to his people and they did not believe it could be so. So they refused to enter into that land of promise. Forty years before this moment that I just read to you about, forty years before that occurred, God opened the opportunity for the children of Israel to walk into a place of promise, and they did not believe him. They took a peek inside and said, this can't be, this can't be real because I see giants in there. And, and, and how many times has God wanted to bless us, but we have refused his blessing because of the fact that we think it's too good to be true, or because... There are giants and we're afraid to tackle the big issues. Well, we should never be afraid to tackle the big issues when it comes to the promises of God. When it comes to the promises of God, the mountain will be abased before us. Who are you, great mountain? You shall become a plain before Zerubbabel. You shall be brought low, the Bible says. So we're not, we're not afraid of big issues in the church because, because we know that it is our responsibility and it is the promise of God to subdue every principality or power. We are to be a people of peace. We are to be a people of hope. It is, it is normal to be at peace in the church of the living God. It is not normal to not be at peace in the church of the living God. Unity is normal. Division is abnormal. I've heard people say, well, every church has their problems. And that's true, every church has their problems. But we know the problem solver. Every church has their problems because there are human beings who come into the church. But when they come into the body of Christ, they enter into that precious promise, that precious blood, that cleansing, purifying power of the spirit of the living God. And when those people, 40 years before this passage of scripture, looked into the land of promise, they said, there's no way we could go in there. The giants are too big. The problems are too big. There's no way we could live at peace. There's no way we could have the joy that God has promised. And so 12 of them looked in and 10 of them came away with what we call a negative report, but what the Bible calls an evil report. We, we kind of, we kind of, uh, clean it up a little bit, polish it, sugarcoat it. Yeah, it was a negative report. No, 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 it was just pure evil. And they came away, 10 spies, saying it cannot be done. And we don't even know their names. The Bible records their names. We just didn't take the time to memorize them. 
because their opinion doesn't seem to matter because faith is what establishes legacy. Defeat and doubt does not establish legacy, but faith establishes legacy. And so we know not the names of the ten spies who brought the evil report. Oh, but those two spies who said it can be done. It shall be done. We are well able to go in and do what the Lord has called us to do. It is God's promise for us. We don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't have to walk around in fear and cower from the enemy. Oh, we know their names. Joshua and Caleb. Caleb said, give me this mountain. We know these guys' names. They had a word from the Lord, and the word was God is going to do something we've never seen him do before. I think it's time you start believing that God wants to bless your family, that God wants to bless your children, that God wants to heal you, that God wants to deliver you, that God desires to set you free. Hey, I've just decided God is a good God and I'm going to believe that. I've just decided he is for me, not against me. He's on my side because I'm on his side. Who is on the Lord's side? Hallelujah. And so the ten spies, however, outnumbered the two and the evil report was believed And for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness until they died. And when those who who did not accept the report of the Lord died, the Lord said, all right, the time has come for my people to enter into the land of promise. And that is where we find ourselves in this text, this passage. This is a momentous occasion. They are getting ready to pass over Jordan. They're getting ready to pass over the obstacle that has prevented them from entering into the promises of God. They're getting ready to do something they've never done before. They've never seen it done before. It it, it is magnificent what's about to happen. And God gives Joshua instructions. And he says, get the priests. Tell them to take that ark of God that Israel has taken into battle so many times. And walk down into the Jordan River. And as their feet got wet in the Jordan River. The Bible says that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of God. They were no match for the glory of God. Let me tell you something folks. We don't step down into these waters by ourselves. We've got something with us. We're not just any ordinary people. We are the people of the name. We are the people of the blood. We are the people of his glory. We are his church. We are his bride. We are the fairest of 10,000. We're the rose of Sharon. We're the lily of the valley. That's who he said in Song of Solomon. We are. We are that rose, that beautiful rose. Consider the lilies, how they toil not. Neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these fine lilies. That's us. And we step down into this water with the glory of God around us. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of God. And the Bible says that the Lord said, have the people walk over. They walked over on dry ground. And when the people had clean passed over Jordan and got to the other side, He said, I want you to take one man from each tribe and I want them to go down and grab a stone. Now now notice what they do here. This is really important. There's a lot of symbolism here and I want to help us to understand it. He said, take one man from each tribe and and tell them to get a stone from the feet of the priest. Because the feet are just standing in the middle of the Jordan River with the ark of God on their shoulders. And so each tribe sent one delegate So 12 men in all go down and grab a stone from around the feet of the priest. And the Bible says they carried it out on their shoulder. So these weren't like little pebbles. This wasn't one of those things David used to bring Goliath down. This was a big old stone. They had to put it up on their shoulders. And these men are hoisting these big old stones on their shoulders and walking out of the Jordan River. And he said, now you hold on to those things. And where you lodge tonight, which will be in Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. 
That's one of those easy Old Testament words, just two syllables. We can handle the two-syllable stuff. Gilgal. And when you get to Gilgal, I want you to take all 12 of those stones and build a memorial to the Lord. Now, Joshua, when they get done doing that, I want you to go down to the same feet of the priest, and I want you to gather 12 stones, just you, just you, you go down. The waters are still standing up on a heap. They're just like, the waters are just like waiting for all this to get done. And, and Joshua's down scurrying around the feet of the priest. And he gathers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way to 12 stones. And he, and he begins to build a memorial at the feet of the priest. And God said, all right, get out. Joshua gets out. The priests get out with the ark of God. And then the waters came back down. And the Bible says that those stones beneath the surface were there until the day of the writing that we just read. And he explained to them about those 12 stones that they took out of the Jordan and built a memorial in Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. They, they, they build a memorial in Gilgal. And when they build this memorial, he said, there's going to come a day where your children are going to ask you, what do these stones mean? And when they ask you, I want you to tell them that these stones represent the power of God to deliver us into the land of promise. There's going to come a day when your children are going to walk by these stones and, and they're going to say, Dad, Mom, what, what mean these stones? And, and I want you to be prepared for that day because that's your cue to say these stones mean God loves us. These stones mean God saves. These stones mean God delivers. These stones mean that God has a land of promise for us. These stones mean that there is no body of water and there is no obstacle and there is no hindrance that can prevent us from stepping into the promises of God. That's what these stones represent. And I want you to be ready to tell your children. God was big on telling your children the right stuff. That's why we have to be intentional about making sure our kids understand the word of the Lord. The Bible says, hear, O Israel. I love that. Hear, hear, O Israel. Listen up, O Israel. Stop what you're doing and listen to God. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shall you serve. You shall love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I want you to talk about this to your children. Teach it diligently to your children. I want you to talk about it when you get up in the morning. I want you to talk about it when you go to bed at night. I want you to talk about it when you're sitting at the kitchen table. Don't have people for lunch. Don't carve up people with a slanderous tongue. Magnify the Lord in your home. Glorify God in the midst of your children. Don't speak defeat or doubt or negativity, but speak the glory of the Lord. And he explains why. He tells them why. He said, because there'll come a day. When your kids are going to walk into some heathen lands and they worship everything from the sun, the moon, to cows, to frogs, to fish. And they need to know there's only one God and him only shall you serve. Hallelujah. My sister can attest to this. When we were children, our mother would play the word of God on cassette tape as we would go to bed at night. We would fall asleep to the word of God rolling over and over in our mind. When God said to the children of Israel to put it upon the doorposts of their home, the, 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 the declaration of God's word, our, our parents took that seriously. And on the doorposts of our home were written the words of the Lord. We couldn't brush our teeth without reading, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord we, we couldn't eat our cocoa wheats without without reading I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth we couldn't walk out of the door without reading the grass withereth and the flower fadeth but the word of our God shall stand forever listen ladies and gentlemen we've got to be intentional about putting the word of the Lord in our children's hearts because this is a messed up world and they've got to have an anger of the soul 
We pray for you moms. We pray for you dads. You need an anointing of God upon you because I'm not the only preacher they're going to hear. They're going to hear you every morning, every afternoon and evening declaring the word of God. There's going to come a day when your grown children and their children and their children's children are going to ask you, you know, I've been meaning to ask you, I've seen this memorial here every time we come by the Jordan River, but what does it mean? Oh, I'm glad you asked because these stones represent the day that the Lord brought our family into his promise. These stones represent the day that your mother received the Holy Ghost. These stones represent the day that God healed our marriage and kept our family together. These stones represent the day that your father repented of all his sins. These stones represent the day that the doctor came in with a report that there were just a couple months to live, but look at what the Lord has done. You gotta build some memorials. I said we gotta build some memorials. When Anna was just a little girl, she, she went with me to Urbana, Illinois, and, and she was about five years old, and I was preaching a, a, a revival there, a two or three day revival, and I had to get back for Sunday night because Brother Ray and Sister Karen Perry were going to be in our church in Kokomo, Indiana, having a Holy Ghost service, and so I, I, I went to this revival to preach, and Anna was with me for the four hours we were in the car, and, and I had four hours of uninterrupted time with my five-year-old daughter. And I said, this is a captive audience. I'm going to tell her what these stones mean. And I started sharing with her all of the miracles that have occurred in our family. I want to tell you about when your great-grandfather went and founded an underground church where it was illegal to have church. Where you, you would lose your life if you had church. I want to tell you about when the firing squad came in in Russia under the Soviet rule. And they, and they broke in among the church as they were worshiping. And, and when they did, he, he, they were going to kill them. A firing squad, literally. They were set up before a firing squad. And they had their guns aimed to shoot your great-grandfather. She's five years old. Lord have mercy. And I said, but he decided if he was gonna, if he was gonna die, he was gonna die speaking in other tongues. So he lifted up his hands and began to speak with other tongues and speak in tongues and speak in tongues and speak in tongues. And he thought when he'd wake up, he might wake up in glory. But when he came out of that prayer session, he was right where he was when he started to pray in tongues. And all the soldiers were gone and the saints of God were standing around with eyes wide open looking at him. He looked at the translator and said, what just happened? And the translator said, you said you didn't speak any Russian. He said, I don't speak any Russian. That's why I have you here. And the translator said, but you just told those soldiers in a fluent Russian language that there's an army of angels surrounding them that will slay them if they touch the anointed of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told her about when her grandparents were on the airplane and the airplane went into a nosedive because of massive engine failure. And when that airplane, an old airplane, it began to go into a nosedive and they, it was, it was dicey. They knew that this wasn't going to turn out well. And that grandmother of ours, sweet sister Jean Urshan, shouted out her with her, with her words, Jesus, Jesus. And when she did, those engines powered back on. And they made an emergency landing in Fort Smith, Arkansas on their way to Dallas. They walked off the plane and Grandpa went to the next ticket counter to book another ticket. There were some businessmen that were on that plane trying to get to Dallas and they followed him over to the ticket counter and said, excuse me, sir, are you with that lady that yelled Jesus? He said, that's my wife. They said, we want to be on whatever plane she's on. 
Let me tell you what these stones mean. We didn't get here by accident. We don't believe in fairy tales. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. I told her about the time that the man fell out into the floor dead of a massive heart attack and he was laying there dead for 30 plus minutes and the paramedics came. They prayed for him, nothing happened. The paramedics came and, and tried to resuscitate him and he was unresponsive, no pulse, no oxygen, no breathing whatsoever. He was dead and as they were coming to take him away, my father said, let me pray one more time. Hallelujah, because the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. He said, I'm going to pray one more time. And my father laid his hands on him and prayed one more time in the name of Jesus. And that dead heart started beating, and those dead lungs started breathing, and that dead blood started flowing, and that dead man came back to life. That's what these stones mean. I told her stories of her Oma and Opa on the mission field. All those years of miracles and signs and wonders. I, I described the stones that are before you. When we got to that revival and preached, we'd get back in the car. Every time we got back in the car, she'd say, then what happened? And I'd go off on another story. I'm so glad you asked. Sometimes she'd get, we'd get in from the restaurant and she'd get in the car and say, tell me the one about the airplane again. We got back to Kokomo, Indiana on that Sunday night. We walked into that Holy Ghost service. They took everybody that was seeking the Holy Ghost into another room. And everybody that was seeking a miracle was in this room. And I was in there with the miracle seekers. And, and somebody came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you got to come quick. Anna is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. I walked into that little room and our little five-year-old girl with her, with her hands uplifted, speaking in other tongues fluently, mightily, under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And now she's raising my granddaughter, her and her husband, my granddaughter, in the fear of the Lord and in the admonition of the Lord. We got to tell them what these stones mean. Brother Sizemore, I walked this property and prayed. I told you about it. I walked this property and prayed as we have looked to come together. And I looked around at the stones that have been built. If you've been here for any number of years at, at the Grace Point Church, you know that there are stones all across this property. And that there are memorials that have been erected to the glory of God. To say that the saints of God have walked these crowns that the people of the Lord have been here they have prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon this place and I want you to know you have seen miracles through the years and you have seen signs and wonders through the years but those prayers every last one of them are going to be answered by God everything that God promised it shall come to pass Ah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Tell them what these stones mean. When they say what mean these stones, make sure you open up your mouth, cry loud, and spare not. Hallelujah. You know, we've got this Holy Ghost crusade coming up. Everybody mark your calendars. June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on this property. Situated overlooking the city of Cincinnati with that beautiful skyline in view, God is going to baptize people with the Holy Ghost and fire. June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we're going to have a Holy Ghost crusade, an old fashioned tent meeting. Bring your dancing shoes, get ready. We're going to have a Holy Ghost time. 
Hallelujah. On May 21st, we're going to have training right here for that day when it, when it, when it comes on June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And we're, we're partnering with Global Harvest in Motion. They're coming. They targeted Cincinnati. They called us and said, we see the unity in Cincinnati. They called us and said, we've had crusades in Malawi. We've had crusades in Bangladesh. We've had crusades in China. We've had crusades in Brazil. We've had crusades in Uganda and Madagascar. And we see the unity of God in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we know what that means. That means that the windows of heaven are open upon this city. And they said, we want to come and be a part of what God is about to do in this city. So literally, Global Harvest in Motion, an international crusade ministry, is coming to Cincinnati. We're setting up a tent, partnering with them, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost outpouring right here on this property. So if you know anybody that needs the Holy Ghost, get them here, get them here, get them here, because God's getting ready to do something we have never seen him do on this level. What do these stones mean? These stones mean what God has done. But but I actually didn't, didn't, I didn't really come to just talk about the stones on the outside of the Jordan. Because if you remember the story we just read, After they took the stones out of the Jordan and built the memorial in Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. Joshua was instructed of the Lord to go build another little memorial. Twelve stones. Choose you out twelve stones, Joshua. And build a memorial inside the Jordan. And then nobody's going to see that memorial. Your kids aren't even going to see that one. Your kids don't even know it's there. They're fishing, don't even know that their, their little hook and, and worm are just floating down there by that memorial. They're skipping rocks and don't even know they're skipping rocks right over that memorial that is beneath the surface. And just like God told us what that memorial on the outside of the Jordan represents, he told us what that memorial on the inside of the Jordan represents. Because fast forward from that day that we just read about them walking over Jordan and Joshua building this Memorial to that same Jordan River, there is a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Hallelujah. He came into the world and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. And that forerunner to Christ, that voice of one crying in the wilderness, that greatest prophet born among of women is standing in the midst of that Jordan River. And Pharisees line the brink and the shore of that river and they're casting doubt upon what he's doing and they're criticizing what he's doing and they're decrying what he's doing and he looks up at those Pharisees and says you can criticize, decry, defy all you want but God is able to raise up of these stones children unto Abraham he just told us what these stones represent now the stones in Gilgal Represent what God did. But the stones in the Jordan represent what he's about to do. Oh, I thank God every day for what he did. I thank God every day for every soul that's been saved, for every addiction that's been broken. But I didn't come to preach to you about what God has done. I came to preach to you about what he's about to do. And these stones, they're not on the outside of the Jordan. They're on the inside. And the only way we're going to reach these stones is if we go deep beneath the surface. Can I tell somebody, this is great, but we haven't even scratched the surface. The stones are beneath the surface. We're going to go deep in prayer. We're going to go deep in fasting. We're going to go deep in worship. We're going to go deep in forgiveness. Deep in loving one another. Deep in bearing one another's burdens. My God. You better get the scuba gear. 
you better get your snorkel, get your goggles, get it nice and airtight around your eyes so you can see clearly because we're going to go somewhere that your natural flesh can't take you. We're going to go somewhere where your carnal mind won't understand it. We're going beneath the surface. And we're going to see the wonders of the deep. I thank God for the stones on the outside on this property. That is how we are able to stand here today and worship God. But there are some stones beneath the surface of miracles that are about to happen. Hallelujah. Some of the greatest preachers of the gospel haven't even received the Holy Ghost yet. Some of the greatest articulators of oneness theology haven't even received a revelation of the oneness of God yet. Some of, the, some of the greatest prophets and faith preachers and evangelists, anointed evangelists, are sitting in bar rooms right now, are hung over right now. But I'm telling you, they're just stones under the surface. And God, I said, God, let's not forget who we're talking about. I said, God is able to raise up of these stones. Children under Abraham. You haven't even heard the best sermon you're going to hear. We haven't even, we haven't, we've heard, how many have heard some great sermons in your life? You've ever heard some great sermons? We haven't even begun to hear the greatest sermons. The greatest songs, I love the songs we sing, but the greatest songs have yet to be written. I said the greatest songs have yet to be written. There's an anointed army of God that's rising up, but it's all beneath the surface. So Elisha tells Elijah, Elijah, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. I, I want something that I've never, I can't even describe what I want. You know, Brother Sizemore, that's what we're asking for. We're asking God to do something we've never seen him do before. And Elijah looked at Elisha and said, ah, <laughs> whoa, okay, okay. Hey, don't be afraid to ask God hard things. Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing, but it can be done. He said, let me show you how it's going to be done. And the Bible says that Elijah took Elisha and said, you're going to have to see me ascend if you're going to get this. And you know where they started their journey? Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. You go read it, 2 Kings chapter 2. Elijah said, Elisha, it all starts right here in Gilgal. Because here is a memorial of 12 stones. And I want you to tell, I want you to understand what they mean. They mean that God is a deliverer. They mean that God is a healer. They mean that God is a savior. God is a right now God. You get it down deep in the soil of your soul that he is the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You better get it rooted and grounded deep in your heart. We're going to start at Gilgal. Where the miracles happen. Saints of God, I want you to look around this sanctuary right now. And I, want you, I want those that have been here for years, I want, you to, I want you to picture, if you will, what you remember. When you remember so-and-so repenting of their sins right over there. And you remember so-and-so the first time they walked in to this house. And they danced before the Lord right here. And you remember when your child came stumbling down to the altar, weeping right here. We're at Gilgal right now. We're at Gilgal. This is where it began. This is where their miracles have happened. Hallelujah. This is where there are, are miracles untold. Powerful and glorious miracles. 
Hallelujah. Sister Buller, you remember the miracles that God brought you and Bishop Buller through when you first came to Cincinnati. You've told us the stories of how the Lord looked over his people and shepherded them and guided them. This is Gilgal. These are those stones. But Elijah said we can't stay at Gilgal too long because the memorial's going to stay there forever. The memorial's there. It's fixed. But, but we got more to see here. Come on. Come on with me. Let's go to Bethel. Let's go to Jericho because we're going somewhere. Where are we going? We're going to Jordan. Because when I get to Jordan, I'm going to part these waters. Do you know why Elijah parted the waters? It wasn't just to get across. It was to get a point across. When he parted those waters at the Jordan River, that's what he did. He parted the waters hither and thither. And they walked through on dry ground. While they're walking through... No doubt. The Jews, the Jews will tell you, it's, it's common belief that, that they, they walked where the memorial was. And when Elijah walks by, don't forget these stones. Don't forget what it's really all about. Don't forget that God is able to do something you've never seen him do before. God is able to heal that sickness that they say there's no cure for. God is able to deliver them from that sin you've never seen anybody delivered from before. God is able to deliver them from that addiction that you've seen nearly take their life. God is able to raise up of these stones. Children unto Abraham, they walk through on the other side of Jordan. And the Bible says that Elijah is caught up by a whirlwind, carried away. And, and Elisha says, my father, my father, the horsemen of Israel and the, the chariots thereof. And the Bible says that the mantle of Elijah floated back down. Thank God for the mantles that exist in this house. I'm going to tell you, every man of God that has declared his word, his mantle is still with us. And that mantle came down to Elisha, and Elisha picked up that mantle, and he walks back to, you guessed it, the Jordan River. And when he walks to that Jordan River, the Bible said, he smote those waters. And he said, where be the Lord God of Elijah? Where be the Lord God of Bishop Sizemore, Bishop Buller? Where be the Lord God of, of these men and women of God that have gone on before us? He's here. He's alive. He's well. He's able. And when Elisha parted those waters, those waters stood up again as in heap. And Elisha walks through on dry ground, no doubt, looking back down. This time without Elijah by his side. At that memorial of stones beneath the surface. And all I want to share with you today is that God is calling us beneath the surface. God is calling us to a deeper place than any of us have ever been before. Deep love, deep love, deep faith, deep faith, deep hope. A hope that is rooted deeply in the things of God. Deep, deep, deep forgiveness of one another. Deep, I'm talking about deep. Deep calleth unto deep. The Bible says that we will comprehend with all saints what is the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of God. Hallelujah. That's where God has called us. And that's where we're going. God, let me put my snorkel gear on. Let me put my scuba gear on. Hallelujah. You know, they do this crazy, this crazy New Year's Day swim in New York City every year. It's freezing cold temperatures, freezing cold. They're all going to die of hypothermia if they're not careful. And they go running into those waters on New Year's Day regardless of what the temperature is. If they can do that, then surely we can say, God, no giant is too big. No problem is unsolvable we're going to do what you've called us to do we're going to step into the waters and go down just a little bit deeper wade into the waters of his love hallelujah these waters may have chilled this natural body of mine but they won't chill my soul I'm going down beneath the surface Come on, it's time to pray deep prayers. It's time to have deep faith. It's time to show deep love. It's time to get deep into the word. It's time to go deep in God and see stones beneath the surface. Could you stand with me right now with uplifted hands all across this house, uplifted voices, with praise on your lips to the Lord, with praise on your lips to the Lord.
Aleluia. 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 Glory to God. Aleluia. Our musicians can come. I'm, I'm wrapping up. I, I, I do want to share you, with you a few months ago, the Lord laid it upon my heart to preach a message about an ox in the Bible. This message about the ox. King Saul took the ox and divided it into 12 pieces and sent it to the children of Israel. You know why he did that? Because he wanted them to know we have an enemy, we have an adversary. And the adversary has come in like a flood. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we have an adversary. And this message that that Saul sent to the 12 tribes of Israel was a message that said, the adversary has come against us. And right now, we're just like one piece of an ox in Asher and one piece of an ox in Naphtali and one piece of an ox in Zebulon. And we've all got our specialty and we all do it this way. And we all got our way of thinking and doing. And, but, but he said, it's, the only way we're ever going to reap the harvest is if the whole ox comes together. That's what's happening today from this point forward. The ox is coming together. The strength of the body is surging. The strength of the body. The blood is starting to flow more freely. The lungs are starting to breathe a little easier. The shoulders are squaring. The ox is shaking his head. And that lumbering beast of harvest. Is getting his legs under him. Looking out over the fields that are ripe. All ready to harvest. And that big ox of harvest is saying. We can do this. We can do this. You know when they put the ark of God. Brought the ark of God back down into the, into the nation of Israel. Do you know that they didn't put it on the shoulders of priests? Now they should have. And I preach that they should have. I, I, I. But, but they didn't. They put it on the oxen. And somebody had a problem with that. And they said, no, no, no. It needs to be the priests. And, and Yuza said, not a see if you put it on the shoulders of an ox, it's going to get unwieldy. And it, it just doesn't look right. And so he tried to steady it. And God struck him dead. And I want you to understand, this revival that's coming is not going to come upon the shoulders of your favorite preachers and priests. It's going to come upon a unified body. And there are going to be sometimes it looks a little wobbly. Don't, 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 don't touch it. Just let it go. Let it flow. Let the glory of God go where the glory of God is trying to go. This is his earth, not ours. This is his church, not ours. This is his world, not ours. This is his harvest, not ours. I, I really am coming to a close right now, but, but, but there was another time that all tri- 12 tribes of Israel received a package. And it too was a divided body. But it wasn't the body of an ox. It was the body of a bride. A bride who had been abused through the years by the fleshly indulgences of the tribe of Benjamin. And in one night, she lost her life. The Bible says that she was so abused and so wounded that that she came to the threshold of the door and died at the threshold of the door. God forbid that the church would die at the threshold of revival. And when her husband saw her dead, he was so distraught. That this could happen in Israel. That this could happen among people who, who are children unto Abraham. That such violence and such brazenness and such hardship and a harm and cruelty could ever happen among people who claim God. That he dismembered her body and he sent it to each 12 tribes. And just as they received an ox, they received an arm and a leg and an ear and a hand. And and it was a message to them. We can't ever let this happen again. We have to be one. We have to come together. 
the bride of Christ. Jerusalem, which is above the mother of us all. Twelve gates, the twelve tribes of Israel. I listen, the gates all, the gates all have a unique purpose, yes, but, but they're all part of one city. We are one city. We are one city. prophesy to you a little bit today some of your best friends in the church haven't even walked through the doors yet some of the people that you're going to come to trust to pray the prayer of faith over you right now they're hung over from last night's party but God sees them under the surface God says I'm going to reach down into the depth of their despair just like these stones on this property are a memorial. I have memorials all across this city, but they're beneath the surface. They're beneath the surface. I want some people that desire the harvest of God in your own life and in this city. I need you to come right now. Come right now. Come right now. I need people that want the ox to come together. People that want the bride to come together. Come right now. Come right now. In the name of Jesus. And let God do something in you. Let God do something Sister Kimberly, God bless you. I remember when Brother Jonathan was standing right over there, right there on that pew. I was standing right here, and we were seeking God on your behalf. You're one of these stones I'm talking about. Here's one of these stones. Here's one of these stones. Here's one of these stones. Sister Ashton and Brother Tyreek. Brother Tyreek preached so beautifully Wednesday night. Baby Noah, in that same service, God was doing miracles. God was doing miracles. Hallelujah. He's doing well today. He's alive and strong and happy and joyful. There are stones yet to be discovered. Come on, what, what, what do you have? Bring it, bring it to God right now. Bring it to God right now. <laughs> The Lord is doing something. The Lord is doing something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory.
happening right now. Breakthroughs are happening right now. Breakthroughs, breakthrough, breakthrough. Come on, that's it, breakthrough. Yes, breakthrough in the name. 